Emmy award-winning comedian John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time only on Netflix. Happy Christmas Eve, everyone. It is I, producer Brian, and welcome to Love It or Leave It, Love It's Not Here edition. Yes, Love It took half an edible right before we asked him what the theme of this best of episode should be. We heard nothing, we went looking, and we found him asleep under his desk with Pundit nibbling away at the baby bell cheeses he apparently had stashed away in his pockets for winter, like a semi-abusive squirrel with a wildly fluctuating sense of self-worth. So we just went with the team's favorite segments from the year. He doesn't listen anyway. Up first, sweet producer Malcolm. Hey, everyone. I'm Malcolm Whitfield. I'm an associate producer at Crooked Media. I'm Caroline Dunphy, a digital producer for social media here. Oh, I'm Hallie Kiefer. I'm a senior writer. I mostly work for Love It or Leave It at Pod Save America. I'm Sarah Lazarus. I'm a staff writer, mostly for Love It or Leave It. Uh, shit, I should have said I'm also mostly for Love It or Leave It just to have more unity. It doesn't matter. Hi, we're recording um, our favorite. <laughs> You're blowing oh, it. my God. Aren't you a stand-up comedian? I am, but this is sitting down. It's oh, a very different thing. Oh, there level. you'll have it. Uh, but we are uh, sharing our favorite moments of the year. Um, and uh, all of us have, I don't know, pretty similar tastes. We like when stuff gets chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems manic. When stuff gets manic. Um, so for my favorite moment, um, there was an episode we did in March with Tony Hawk where the idea was Tony Hawk talks to the audience um, just about like risk taking because he's like a risky guy. And we pivoted it so hard to Tony Hawk, please give us at free therapy. Absolutely. Um, and this this episode has had such an impact on my life. Uh, I went home recently, and someone who I don't know that well, but at, from the old days, was like, oh my god, I listen to Love It or Leave It every every week. Like, you guys were all kind of going through something in March, right? Yeah. That's, so it's that true. it's been so mm-hmm. pervasive to my life, I felt like it needed to be shouted out. And, and then Tony great. fixed us. Tony did fix us. He I fixed actually, us all. I didn't have any problems anymore after that. Yeah. My credit score is eight hundred now. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Thank you, Tony. Tony. Now it's time. Please welcome to the stage the one and only, the legendary Tony Hawk. Hi. Hey. You're so tall. You're so tall. It's very good to see you, and we were excited you're here. Is it good for you to see me? Do you know what this show is? Absolutely. I came to a live show in San Diego as an audience member. Oh, That's yeah, true. I know that. No, you and, don't. Yes, I do. I swear to God, because everyone's like, I think Tony fucking Hawk is here. <laughs> that happened. But uh, thanks to my lovely wife, Kathy, who's here, uh, she Woo! turned me on to Pod Save America, and then to your show, and then I bought tickets to the San Diego show, and then she couldn't make it, so I went. Cool. So, and nice. I enjoyed it, so thank you. Yes, oh, I good. know what I'm doing here. There you go. That's oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> here's a question. In a recent interview, you mentioned that you've had three concussions. Is that right? Uh, t- hmm. So no. it was, it's not right. I've had many. I've had dozens. Dozens of yeah. concussions. So a I've, lot had, of- I've had three that were severe. Let's put it that way. Okay. But you've had dozens of concussions. Yes. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that's what I was doing here. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you know what? You're right. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> but you were doing this as you were kind of pushing a sport forward. Before you knew you were going to be, I suppose, a yeah, that wasn't the, that wasn't the general idea, but um, so, I was just trying to push my limits, right? Which I did. You did, yeah. Um, and you never found those limits. Or you did. 
I, that's a question for someone else. I'm still trying to learn new tricks, but I'm not trying to cheat danger as much as I used to. And when you were sort of really pushing, and again, I, you know, obviously I'm well known for my um, love of and consumption of sports. Your sick kick flips. My, yeah, and my sick kick flips. Uh, was there ever something where like you never actually got, so you rotated like three and a half times and you were, your last thing was to get four times, but you never got it? I tried to do a double rotation, a, a 720 in uh, skate terms. I, I've done it many times with yeah. my hands on a controller. Uh, I tried to do 720. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I tried to do 720 without grabbing my board, which would be an Ollie 720. And uh, never did figure that one out. And I think that that ship has sailed. Has anyone done it No since? one's done it, actually. No one's done no. it. No. One guy got pretty close that I was kind of rooting for, and, and he gave up on it. You know, when there was that guy that threw the javelin too far, and they were like, that's it, we're making the javelins heavier? Should you make the skateboards heavier so no one can ever touch your records? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be it, cool. It'd be more subversive. It's something that I just do. Just sabotage like, just like a lobbying yeah. campaign. Yes. These boards are too light. The wheels are too big. <laughs> yeah. You should think about that. <laughs> You've been world-renowned for a very long time, and yet you're not despised. <laughs> You seem to be well-liked by everyone. Oh, thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is who I am. That's cool. I love skateboarding, and I never was in it to be rich or famous. But you got both. I I got both. It was weird, um, but I still love doing it, and I get to do stuff like this. It's amazing. That's cool. So you're not pretending to be like this? (laughs) No. I don't know. Catch me outside. We'll see. Yeah. The, uh, oh, man. All we did was play that game. I mean, I played it so much. Oh, my God. It's all coming back. Did you play it a lot? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Did you play as yourself? What? Wait a second. What? I'm just kidding. Um, It's not the first time I used that joke. It's good. Uh, It was good. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I play as my character. Yes, I do. Oh, I like that you make a distinction between Tony Hawk the man and Tony Hawk the Tony Hawk pro skater character. Do you have different qualities? Yeah, he's much more resilient. His concussions don't affect him. Do you ever do you ever feel like because in the game you can do things that you can't actually do in real life. True. Do you ever feel like people played the game and then were like, "Ugh, this real life guy is pathetic compared to the <laughs> like I I think that that was kind of a curse in the beginning of the success of the game series because I would go to various skate parks and public exhibitions and and kids were like, "Why can't he levitate? Like what's the deal?" <laughs> It's bullshit. Like, where's the 900 revert to manual? I don't see... That would have been me. That would have been my question. So, which of the following is not a skateboard trick that you originated? (laughs) Okay. You're like, they're not tricks. They're illusions. Uh, Is it... (laughs) Is it A, the 360 variant McTwist? B, the eggplant to fake? C, slob G twist one foot? D, Sack Trap. Sack Tat. You've said all the names wrong so far. So Wait, really? At this point, at this point I can say I didn't invent any of those Wait, tricks. Wait, what did I say wrong? It, okay, well, it's not the Slob G Twist One Foot. That works. That it's works. It's not the 360 Variant McTwist. Varial. Varial. Yeah. Variant, though. I think that might that's, be a new take yeah. on it. Yeah. That's out of Wuhan. The Eggplant... <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not the eggplant to fake. Fakey. Fakey. Yes. Who wrote th- it's the fucking card is wrong, tough and down. Right. It's it's way more fun that way. The eggplant to fakey. I should know that. I'm an expert. But wait, you invented them all? 
Uh, y- yes. That's cool. And, um, <laughs> and who's it? So far, so good. And how high were the people, were you when you named them? <laughs> There's not one name here that, that reveals a, a sober mind. <laughs> It was more that um, in skateboarding, the general rule, there were no rules really, but, there were the, no but rules. the general vibe was that if you created a trick, you could name it. Most of those tricks were variations of existing tricks. Hmm. So um, like eggplant is a trick that exists. Going to fakie was just a way to do it. Fakie is what you call going backwards. So don't shoot the messenger. I'm just creating, I'm just throwing together existing tricks. And is a McTwist just a kind of Irish twist? <laughs> it, is a, uh, it is a 540 spin, but you're doing it upside down with a very particular grab. Wow. That's cool. Um, I it is ha- the very trick that I broke my femur on a year ago. A year ago you broke your I femur? Did, yes. My God. What? <laughs> your femur? That sucks. Yeah, it Are you sucked. okay? It sucks. I'm, I'm good now. I, I wasn't good for the first uh, seven or eight months because I got back on my skateboard too soon because I just don't learn. Oh, man. But I'm okay I, now. I, I, had it re- I had to have surgery and have it realigned, and now it's good. Oh, God. I twist my ankle. I'm out for weeks. <laughs> that happens too. All right. Now, everybody out there in the audience, we have someone here today who is famous for taking risks and getting concussions. <laughs> I, that's what I'm famous for? <laughs> cool. And sometimes not, and really co- doing amazing things. I'd like to say things. mostly not. Mostly not. Yeah. It's all about the concussions you don't get, <laughs> famously. <laughs> <laughs> and so you are an expert at taking risks to change things and make things cool, you know, to like change your sport, basically, and become uh, like singularly identified with the sport, which is pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think just to sort of push perceived limits, that's been my goal. But some of you on here tonight... You're thinking about whether or not to take a risk to push your limits. So if you have a question about a risk you're thinking of taking and you need someone to convince you to take it or convince you not to take it, please raise your hand and tell us the risk you're thinking about taking. Now, to kick us off, Hallie Kiefer wanted to share a risk she was thinking about taking, just to give you a sense of where we're at. Hallie? Oh, this, and uh, this is a segment we're calling Tony Hawk Wants You to Risk It All. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, hi, Hallie. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for inviting me out. We weren't sure if we were going to involve the staff or not, so I, <laughs> I, I was at the ready. I want to be clear. But um, so, Tony, I came out last year. Tomorrow, I'm going on my first. Thank you. Give it up for old gay people who come out. Yes. Um, tomorrow, I have my first date with a, a woman ever. Awesome. So. Tony, I basically just want you to hype me up and then give me any advice that you could possibly give me, I suppose. Uh, well, I believe in you. Thank you. I really and... do need to hear it. Give it up for Tony Hawk, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took. That's it. <laughs> and I think that uh, you just got to be yourself. Oh, and... God. That's hard, isn't it, Tony? <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> that's the problem. It's like you spent your whole life being yourself. And everyone's like, yes, we love this. Everyone else, not so much. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I suppose, but but I think that you're gonna, you know, just just be natural, and I, I think you're gonna do fine. You're gonna you, you're, <laughs> you. you work on one of the funniest shows, so oh, thank you got you. that going hey. for you. Yeah, and so I, I think that. that you know, dig a little bit of that humor out, and you're gonna be golden. Thank you, Tony. Make them make them laugh. Make them laugh. I will. Okay, great. And thank I, you. Everyone. I don't know sure. If I want you to risk it all on your first date, <laughs> <laughs> but fair. risk some of it. Risk a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What percent should I risk? Definitely. Hmm. 
What do you think? That's the question, isn't think? it? Isn't it on the first date? Go, What's the go half at least. Half. 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 50%. Okay, 50, I'll do 50. it. Okay, great. Keep Thank half you. of yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. With a McTwist. Okay, great. Thank you. Hallie Keefe, everybody. Tony, there was a really interesting thing that happened when we were talking about you being on the show today, which is one by one, everybody that works at Crooked realized they wanted to tell you all their secrets and ask for your help. What is that? <laughs> what is know. this energy that you have? <laughs> what explains that? I, I have no explanation for that, and I don't, I can't say it's happened very much anywhere else. So. Interesting. Interesting. I'm glad to have that effect on your crew, but um, Malcolm, do you want to go? I mean, next? not even my own kids will do that. So yeah, Malcolm, come on. Hi, Tony Hawk. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, I guess for me, I, I'm recently out of like a relationship and trying to like do this whole thing where I'm trying to like find myself a little bit more. And something I've realized from talking to a lot of my close friends is I'm not vulnerable. I'm not really good at like sharing details about my stuff because it's really hard. And I want to be there for people, but they keep telling me that like they want to do the same for me. So I guess my question is, how how do I like you know, I guess risk it by like opening up more. It's so funny that you we didn't tell you you were doing any of this. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> just, no, <laughs> just just absolutely just and deciding I, you're a therapist <laughs> for out of no, from nothing based on nothing because you're good at you're good at jumping in the air with a wheel on your foot. I I think, but luckily, I would say within the last. 10 years of my life, I have learned to become more vulnerable and share more. So what can I tell you? It's much more liberating. It's super scary. But when you get past that, it just flows. And then you will feel relieved. You feel like this weightless. I can't explain it. There's, there was a weight lifted from me when I sort of went that direction, especially we, my wife and I have a lot of kids. And when I got to be more compassionate to them and more open to them, everything became easier. Thank you. I, I want to say I have an identical twin brother, and he told me that like a couple weeks ago, like pretty much the same thing. But now I believe it. Like I, I do want to be clear about that. So thank That's you very gone. much, Malcolm, sure. producer thank Malcolm. You. Everybody. Cool. Do you think that the weightlessness you felt is what gave you a kind of cockiness that might have caused you to break your femur? <laughs> No, I think what caused me to break my femur is, I mean, there's a bit of Peter Pan syndrome, but mostly that I took for granted my skill set way too into my older age. And I thought, I can do this trick. I don't have enough speed. Things aren't perfect. I've done this thousands of times. I got it. And next thing I know, I'm sliding across the bottom of the ramp. My leg is pointing backwards. Mm -mm, no good. And I looked up at my friend. I said, I broke my leg. <laughs> and I grabbed it and put it back in place. It didn't help. It didn't work. It's like, yeah, it's not. It just made me feel more normal in that yeah. moment. They don't say like, oh, yeah, you just got to pop your femur back in. Yeah, that's not just a thing. Line, it's like a Lego set. Just line yeah, it up. Yeah. Be fine. The um, body knows. And uh, it's, it was a rough road, but um, like I said, I'm, I'm much more on the road to recovery. I, I'm, no, I'm not going to make a full comeback because I'm going to be 55 soon. And yeah. yeah. Yay. It's, all right. Yes. Everyone, everyone I, gasped. Well, what? They're like, no, Tony Hawk. You, say, you, you stay the same age. <laughs> you don't change, Tony Hawk. If you change, we're all changing, and that's unacceptable. Well, she got a great big cheer for coming out in old age. I want to still be skateboarding in old age, but I get more gasps than cheers, but that's fine. I accept that. We'll do one from Brian, and then we're going to do a, a couple from out there. Brian wanted in on this, too. Hi, I Tony Hawk. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? <laughs> so fun. Just this no, non-consensual <laughs> therapy <laughs> with Tony Hawk. I and I don't know why my advice would it's have great. any... Honestly, it's been wait, awesome so ahead. far. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with your work, honestly, so... <laughs> Cool. This isn't a big thing for me. That's okay with me. Um, but I'm not like Malcolm. I have like no problem being vulnerable. I'm an incredible oversharer. To it, it's a problem, and uh, I'm also going through a breakup right now. Uh, and yeah, ah. Uh. Um, the, the Love It or Leave It team is a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are a shambles. Yeah. Or this show just causes breakups. Food yeah, for thought. Something, something to think about. Uh, too too soon. I'm sorry. So I live with my boyfriend right now. Uh, he's going to move out. And I've never lived alone. And I'm very bad at being alone. And I'm very scared of being alone. And I'm criminally underpaid, so I can't afford to live alone. Um, Get your question, Brian. So I guess my, my, my question Brian, is... Brian, you should risk it all. Yeah. <laughs> Do I be alone, which I'm very scared of doing, oh. and also can't really afford to do, but I think that would make me grow, perhaps, or do I find a roommate? Uh, well, I think just financially, it sounds like you need a roommate, but I, I think that... Uh, <laughs> I think it might be good for you to have that discomfort of being alone for a little bit, to see what it's like, and to embrace it. Okay. I, sure. I will. <laughs> Producer Brian, until, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Until Hawk. all the money runs out. Is anybody else... Hi. Hi there, I'm Jeff. This is real time. This happened in an Uber coming over here. Tony Hawk, I need you. Okay. All right, Jeff. What I happened? Currently, I currently live in Ohio, where we have Jim Jordan, where we just gained J.D. Vance. And I now have an offer to move from Ohio to California. Should I do it? Yes. Yes. All right, that sure. was fantastic. Especially if you're trying to make it as a career of a skateboarder. Yeah. All right, I dabble, I dabble. The epicenter was here. It's not only here, but it helps. But yeah, absolutely, I think you'll love it here. So no hesitation, we're going. Sure, I live here, so... Yeah, we I'm, like it here. We, bias. Every person who doesn't live in Ohio made a choice. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you. <laughs> so I have two risks I want to ask you real quick. <laughs> Should I leave this country and move to Italy? Guys, you don't know a fucking thing. What is wrong with you? Just give it a second. You don't have any information. Is it Eat, Pray, Love, or is it Amanda Knox? You don't know the story yet. (laughs) Italy can go a couple ways on you. What's your life? What's happening? Um, I'm getting evicted. My dad lives there right now. My job is minimum wage, and I just feel like I don't have a purpose right now, and I feel like I want to find myself in... Italy. Do you speak Italian? I don't, but I'm going to learn. Yes. Well, that's, that's the right I, attitude. Yeah. And then my second question is, I've always wanted a skateboard, but I've always been scared of getting hurt, and now I'm 35. Should I bother? Uh, that, I mean, on top first, of my head. First question you've gotten about uh, skateboarding. <laughs> that's <fine. laughs> Literally the first one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to encourage you to go to Italy, but if you do go to Italy, learn to skateboard there. Okay. And then that'll get you a whole new path. And I don't think it's too late to skate. I, and I'd say that in all honesty. I, I think that if you can stand comfortably and you're comfortable with being in motion, you can skateboard. You don't have to jump down big stairs or do big ramps. You can just cruise and have fun. Awesome. Well, thank you for the encouragement. Sure. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Hi, Hi. What's your name? I'm Kat. What's a risk you want to take? Okay. So I actually came out at 31 myself. Nice. Awesome. 
And I'm uh, going to be 36, and I'm engaged to this beautiful woman. And we're actually here from Milwaukee to elope on Saturday. And my question is something that came up right before. <laughs> she's wondering. She's like, oh, my God, what? No, we, I want to know whether I should write down my vows or just kind of say them in the moment. Because it occurred to me today, when I was thinking about writing them, I was like, I kind of just want to take a risk and just say it from my heart. And she... <laughs> I already gave my advice on this, and I said, nay. I, I, I think you might be at risk of locking up. I speak from experience. Here, here, here. But it's only us. Sure. And like two other Here's people. The thing. But here, you could write down something really meaningful and make her cry. But I feel like I could do that from You my probably heart. will on your own, but I'm just saying it's almost like a surefire thing. If yeah. you, if you I, write here's what I think. <laughs> I would say this. Sometimes you find out what you think when you write it down. And you can write it down and decide you don't want to use it because it's free and then throw it out and then speak from the heart. But so, I would say take a piece of paper. Or like some, bullet points. Bullet points. This feels like not a risk then is what you're saying uh, to me. Hmm. All right, go for it. Risk I, it all. What? You know what? Be you know, listen, I guess what I'd say is it before you do it. You so. know what? It seems like you, here's what I would say. I would say this. I've been to many a wedding where someone spoke from the heart. They're not the best toasts, you know, the people that wing it. I would say winging it is a high risk low reward choice okay. grand scheme of things you should do what you want I'm just thinking about the time that a drunken father got up to give a, an unprepared toast at a wedding and then just told the entire story of the birth right and you then don't said want to the bride and stories. groom yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah okay so write, a, write a speech okay um, well what can you pass the microphone to your fiance hi, hi what's your name <laughs> my name is Margaret hi Margaret um, wh where are you on the whole wing in it? I boldly gave my opinion and I said, no, I wouldn't do that if it were me. <laughs> right. And it is me on the other side it's of her. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. It's going to be the last thing you do before you're married or the first thing you do as a married couple. And your plan is to disregard the wishes <laughs> of your partner. <laughs> Something to think about. Oh. And maybe that's the greatest risk of all. Let's wrap it up, says Malcolm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> But congratulations. Congratulations. It says here, Tony would like to plug world peace. <laughs> I don't know. just said, what do you want to plug when, on, when we were in the green room? I was like, oh, world peace, sure. Hell yeah. This guy. <laughs> Guys. The Skate Park Project. I would like to plug the Skate Park Project. It is my nonprofit for public skate parks in underserved areas. We've been doing it 20 years. We have helped to fund over 700 skate parks across cool. the U.S., and it's definitely the work that's close to my heart. Tony Hawk, everybody. <laughs> Still feeling dizzy from watching the 2024 Republican primary? Good news, you've got something better to do. Join the Vote Save America community for all the tools you need to take action in this presidential election cycle, from volunteer opportunities to making sure you're registered to vote. 2024 is here. Get a jump on it. Start the new year you're right. Go to votesaveamerica.com right now so you're ready from the jump in 2024 to make sure that, uh, you know, you do everything you can because, uh, holy shit. Um, so the segment I have picked is from our 2023 Pride show, and it uh, features the wonderful comedian Kel Kripe, 
who we've had on before. And we were looking to celebrate two things. One, celebrate the wonderful uh, non-binary people we know and work here and in society in general. And then two, uh, I believe Caroline came up with the phrase during a merch meeting, they, them's the rules. And we said, we all like the phrase so much, we're going to back into yeah. a segment. <laughs> and it took a couple weeks. I waited. I, it took a while but we eventually came up with uh, Caleb Cribe just reading rules that they, as a non-binary person, had come up with, in addition to the ones that we offered them um, if they were interested. And, uh, again, I just like, you see how the sausage is made. And, and if you like they, them's, the rules on a t-shirt, let us know. Please in the, let lo- us know. In the love it or leave it Discord, let us know. Because we, we will insist. We will insist. We will make another act so we can get that on a damn t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. They, them's, the merch. They, them's, they, them's the, the merch, merch baby. baby. Uh, roll clip. <laughs> this Pride, we wanted to take a moment to celebrate all the incredible, wonderful, talented, hilarious, non-binary people we fight beside in the struggle for liberation. But none of them were available today. Jesus. <laughs> so, so instead, we put Kel Cripe. Kel, come on out. <laughs> what up? I'm sorry about that. No, thanks. That was the kindest intro <laughs> I've ever had. Handshake for a podcast. <laughs> Hi, Kel. Hi, John. Um, it's good to see you. You too. <laughs> I, uh, I'm so excited to be telling you what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, you're presenting new rules for Pride in a segment we're calling They Them's the Rules. <laughs> and whatever you say, we have to abide by because, hey. They Them's the Rules. They Them's the Rules. <laughs> a segment we built around the phrase they them's the, the rules, rules. <laughs> because it's like you know the phrase them's the rules i've never heard of it all right well cal <laughs> what's our first rule well i just want to say also if any of these sound kind of like personal bias just please remember that they come from like a very elite society of a lot of people they're fair and kind yeah what <laughs> <laughs> sure that's helpful for people. Yeah. For 100%. Yeah. Um, so first rule, how about get off the goddamn sidewalk? No more lounging in the middle of the sidewalk when I got places to be, John. Yeah. Listen, you can be in the middle of a binary, but you can't be in the middle of where I'm walking here. <laughs> That's a great rule. Boom, they them's the rules. <laughs> That's okay. I, now I get. Now I get. Now it. you get it. Hey, uh, you ever been in a bathroom? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You ever sit down and then you go on your phone and then you're in there for three hours? Yes. <laughs> now new rule: every bathroom has to play Boy Genius <laughs> because because <laughs> I gotta get out before I start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have anyone hear me cry in the bathroom. Was that the end of that one? Uh, yeah, I think so. But don't you have to say, how do we know that's the end of the... They them's the rules. <laughs> okay, cool. Pio, all right. Uh, how about this one? Every time you check something off your to-do list, you get a little treat subsidized by the federal government. <laughs> it's hard to do tasks. Uh, so, hey, you paid rent? Brownie in the mail. You- you mopped your kitchen floors, brownie in the mail. You flossed, yeah, right, you liar. No one does that anymore. It's 2023. Nobody does it. And hey, that reminds me of another rule. No more flossing. It's boring. <laughs> Say it with me. 
They Pay them's them the rules. rules. <laughs> now let's see here. Hey, new rule. And remember, this came from a big society. I'm allowed to eat little jams from the diners. <laughs> I don't need bread, toast, anything. I can put it on my hands. New rule stickiness is awesome. <laughs> The smartest people in the world. You know how they say the smartest people have the worst handwriting? Uh-huh. The absolute even smarter than those people have the stickiest hands you can imagine. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I'm, you're, Something funny. No, no, no. I just want to understand. Is that a new rule or is that a, just a, your observation now? That's the rules. <laughs> they's I, them's, that's the rules. They them's, that's the rules for sure. But are you saying on a go forward basis, the stickiness? Or is that what you're saying we come into this? It's with? always been that and now we have to pay attention to it. Cool. And uh, hey, uh, speaking of, uh, you ever watch TV? Yeah, from time to time. <laughs> Not anymore, John. <laughs> Time's got a pause. Primarily, RuPaul's got a pause because I'm on season nine. That one's for me. That one, that one was for me. I just want to watch more, but there's too much. They them they the rules. rules. Uh, hey, uh, new rule tied to a, a business. Chipotle quesadillas, way cheaper. They got to be way cheaper. <laughs> $10 for, what? Their tortillas are free. I'm paying $10 for some cheese. <laughs> and uh, speaking of um, new rule, <laughs> John pays for all of my food. Okay. Again, that one came from the society, but it's just for me. They them's the rules. rules. They, 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 that's the rule. That's it. That's they them's the, the rules. <laughs> um, this one... Uh, Yo, they say uh, an hour before bed, get off the phone. Done. Actually, now you gotta watch at least two hours of YouTube video essays before you go to sleep. Primarily conspiracy based. I don't have enough people to talk to about <laughs> what I'm observing. <laughs> Is that they them? They them's the rules. rules. Just I didn't know if the rule was. Yeah, I don't no, know. It's hard rules. to know sometimes when the rules end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of uh, they go into There's each sub other. Rules. Sometimes There's sub rules. Sub rules. Sub rules. You know they have sub rules. There's sub rules. Sub rules. Sections and so forth. A uh, new rule: things that aren't cake aren't allowed to be cake anymore. It's a good one. I'm, I'm too gullible out here. It's freaking me out. Uh, it's scary. Sh sh no more shoes that are actually cake. <laughs> I've gotten too messy my feet. They hey, them's the rules. Hey, uh, you, you ever been to Whole Foods? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been to Whole Foods. Uh, yeah, it's no longer called stealing from Whole Foods. It's called minding your business. <laughs> <laughs> it's called minding your business. I'm allowed to do that. Who cares? <laughs> Period. And also, who's gonna notice? Period. It's my right. They them's the they rules. They rules. Uh, let's see what we got here. They sent me over the long task. Like, this one, it's gonna sound complicated, but it's really not. This one, it's a uh, small little tattoos. Small little tattoos everywhere. <laughs> they they them's the rules. rules. One spoke for itself. Um, no, this one we touched on briefly, but there's, uh, it gets a little more specific here, which is 
Uh, everyone's gotta increase their screen time so I can feel better about mine. <laughs> <laughs> they, they them's the rules. They them's the rules. You wanna do one more? You wanna do one more? Yes. Uh, everyone has to have an obscure collection of tiny little things, but they have to admit that mine's the best. <laughs> do you wanna know what it is? Yeah, I do. Hot Wheels and Little Sticks. Wait, okay, um, <laughs> you know what? They, they them's, them's the, the rules. Cal Gripe, everybody. Um, oh, that reminds me. Today I made my Alexa say, um, I changed my Alexa's name to computer. That's funny. It, is, I, it was funny, and now I'm, I'm just not going to change it, but the, it, I'm already tired of it. Do you it. just say, hey, computer? No, I just say, computer. Just like that. That's great. No matter what, they're listening to everything you do in your home. Yeah. It's true. No matter what fun little name you give it, (laughs) they're listening. Thank you for keeping me grounded. You're welcome. And I will say I wouldn't have one because I'm constantly talking to myself in my home. Yeah. And I just wouldn't want it to be thinking I'm talking to it. So many times you can, it probably would be like, sorry, didn't hear that. it's like, it's not for you. It's for my therapist later. (laughs) Were you going down? Spiral? Or do you want spiral spaghetti? <laughs> Computer. Computer. Um, okay, so next clip we are doing uh, Why the Malls Are Dying with Chris Fleming. Uh, yes. Phantom of the Mall. Great. Um, this is my most favorite manic piece that has ever happened at Love or Leave It on stage because I had to do all the – I picked it because I did shot all the BTS. And seeing Chris Fleming transform into this character, there was no more Chris Fleming. Mm-hmm. It was solely – phantom of the Westfield Mall and you never really catch love it completely off guard mm-hmm. and unsure what to do and that is the next 17 minutes of this mayhem. He completely loses control of the show. <laughs> I love it as a writer because sometimes it's stressful when someone very funny comes on the show and you're like oh I have to write something for someone who's so much funnier than me which is never an issue with love it but sometimes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sometimes you have a really funny guest. Yeah. Sure definitely. <laughs> Most and of the time, then, it's easy sailing. Yeah. Exactly. But then Chris comes on, it's like, oh, he didn't even read the script. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. It's so much funnier than we could ever have made it. He's yeah. a genius. It's great. It's great. Roll, uh, roll the clip, as they say. Westfield Mall is here <laughs> inside John's mind. Ooh. Hi, Phantom. Hi. <laughs> My angel of retail. Oh, no. You've been tickling me all night long, John. Why does it smell like meat made by three men out here? <laughs> Come to me, angel of retail. Shop for me! Thank you for being here, Phantom. My uh, pleasure. Would you, mind, would you mind joining me over here? You know what? I'm going to sit. You come over whenever. It's just that I haven't been in a proper theater for so long, John. I've been in the Westfield Mall. Are you also the Phantom of the Opera? No, but we text. <laughs> that poor man. It's been a bad year. For phantoms, his show closed, now the Westfield Mall. People don't go to opera houses anymore, John. It's hard to... You probably haven't been in weeks. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I'm more of a fall asleep in front of ultimatum queer love because I don't want to admit that I failed to do what I said I'd do today uh, type of guy. But yeah, let's say it's been a couple of weeks since I've been to the opera. You could never love me, John. My face is too wicked. This face, it burns from all the free samples from Sephora. But... There are parts of me you could love, John. Look at my hoe, cause John, <laughs> I got them at Journeys. Hoe, cause are a fashionable and supportive shoe that's good for an act of lifestyle. Made well. Nordstrom. Aldo and Sunglass Hut No one's ever bought shit from Sunglass Hut A guy in 2004 almost did But then he went to the strip club instead It's so now the music of Sunglass Hot. Bloomingdale's is still pushing the Wonder Bra. If you go in Louis Vuitton, you get tackled by security. Club Monaco feels like an FBI sting operation to catch a DJ. Zara is just girlfriends shopping while their boyfriends swipe on Tinder. All right, okay. Phantom, all right, we get it. It's been a tough year all around. Uh, uh, how you hold it up? Oh, you know, pretty bad. I felt like I was getting somewhere, John. I had a new ingenue. She worked at Nordstrom. I told her if she did crest white strips, she could be floor manager by Labor Day. And I said if they didn't heed my request, disaster beyond imagination would occur. Which means I would just turn all the chairs on at Brookstone. Imagine... Imagine 15 vibrating chairs, John. I could give you that life. I could... Let me get you a neck massager from Brookstone. I could treat you better than crooked media. Throw your podcast away and live with me in Kate Spade. Hey, hey, Phantom. Wait. A namesake retailer showcasing the designer's chic. Upbeat handbags, women's wear, and accessories. But you could never love this face, John. It's too wicked after what happened at Sephora. It's not on the cue card, John. 
I used too much of the Kardashian skincare line. You know which Kardashian? Rob Kardashian. It was just a pickleback shot. My T-zone is completely fucked. He's reading from cards, but what cards? <laughs> Where did they come from? Who gave them to him? We all interpret language differently, John. I'm like one of the aliens from Arrival. I'm the heptapod. <laughs> Instead of the chandelier, I came down on the Shake Shack sign. Yeah, you just come down on the Shake Shack sign. Imagine me screaming at the top of my lungs on the Shake Shack sign. Phantom. But they weren't scared. They weren't scared. They were too busy vaping, <laughs> biking, opening up their relationships. Okay, sorry, sorry, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I... You must be devastated to have Westfield abandon the mall like this. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to do a lot of traveling, John. The mall we had till now is at an end. So what happens to you now? Where, where, where do you go from here? Well, my years of appearing to people in the mirror at Aldo are over, John. Can't blame them. The whole goddamn city is down the toilet. And I should know. I live in the sewer. Phantoms try to dress it up. Oh, it's a cavern. It's a catacombs. It's a literal cesspool, John. And it's still better than what's happening to downtown. The Democrats who run this city should be ashamed of themselves. Progressives have failed California. <laughs> Wait a second, Phantom. These are pretty strong words for some sort of half-supernatural musical stalker ghost or whatever you are. I take offense to that. Anyone can see how crime and drug use are killing downtown. John, just like I killed a whole Wetzel's Pretzels every day for my midday snack for 30 years at the Westfield Mall. Okay, but malls everywhere are struggling for a lot of reasons. A lot of businesses have been driven out of the city by very high rents. As well it should, John. It's one of the best cities in the world, full of industry and innovation and 60-degree weather and men with good posture who don't smile. If only we could figure out how to get rid of the undesirable element, the mall would be full again, and I could haunt it to my heart's content. There was a story on Fox the other wait, day. Wait a second. Phantom, you watch Fox News? Oh, of course. What else would they play in the sewer, John? There's bad Wi-Fi down there. I can't listen to all those Jordan Peterson podcasts you listen to. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't think you have to be a genius to know that it's these Democrats and their woke ideology that's letting people run amok. And frankly, it's affecting my bottom line. I'm going to sell my instrument, and I'm not talking about my piano, John. I'm talking about my French horn. And my dick. Oh, God. Come on. Come with me, John. Say you'll share with me one mall, one Burke Williams. Let me lead you to the H&M. Phantom. 
I heard you talking about how you don't know where to go style-wise after skinny jeans are no longer allowed. <laughs> Shadow right. boxing in the mirror in your green room. <laughs> Oh, I lost them on the shadow boxing. Phantom. They're, they're all pacifists, John. Come they on. They can't even bear the thought of punching the air. Why did we try? Well, if you could... Well, you know what? the Phantom of the Opera drives the boat around? Yeah, the fog boat, yeah. I, I drive an e-scooter. That's cool. Why does everyone in this audience look like they could be in the national? Phantom. Isn't one of the larger problems how long it takes to build things in this city, how much nimbyism there is, how much obstruction there is to actually building houses? Well, sometimes it takes time to make sure the community can be heard so that we protect the character of our city. You're a nimby? Phantom, you're a nimby? You live in the sewer. Oh, that was the name my mother gave me. Nimby. This face, oh. it burns. My mother named me Nimby. Of course we're Nimbys. Every phantom's a Nimby and every Nimby is phantom. And we don't just haunt operas and malls, Jonathan, leave it. We haunt a proposed 19-unit micro-housing development on 18th Street. We haunt a 200-bed shelter project near the Bay Bridge. We haunt wealthy suburbs by declaring them mountain lion habitats to prevent the construction of duplexes. We haunt city planners and board supervisors. We haunt common periods and city council meetings and town halls because we are phantoms and Nimbys. And we'd rather chandelier come crashing down on all of you then give up what's ours. We will love this city and state to death and in our songs we'll pretend we're the heroes. Boo. So then you just want to yell about crime and drugs and blame Democrats. You don't actually want to solve any of it. No, I do. I have a plan. I'll start haunting the tenderloin, John. You're going to haunt the unhoused people. That's your plan. That seems like a terrible plan. That doesn't seem, that can't possibly be your solution. Well, possible. How is it possible that the Phantom's boat floats in a sea of fog? John and my e-scooter can go 30 miles per hour. How is it possible Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote that entire musical based on one flirty convo we had before our, I'm by, John. Right. And our enjoyable interlude in a dressing room at Saks in 1983. Saks in Cincinnati. We gotta do all the demos. <laughs> Christine! Phantom, is that your ingenue that you're obsessed with? No. It's the manager at Jamba Juice. <laughs> the fi- who used to hook me up and let me eat free orange pulp. <laughs> the fa- you know how when they juice the orange? Yeah, yeah. It's the fan. I have to, I'd love to have the, honestly, Phantom. If I could spend all night with you, I would. The Phantom of the Westfield Mall, everybody. The Phantom of the Westfield Mall is here, inside John's mind. One more time for Chris Fleming. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh man, you know, I don't know, pushing it down. (laughs) 
pushing it all the way down, getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. <laughs> Gotta fight through it. Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the 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 attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Everybody needs therapy. You need therapy. I need therapy. Tommy needs therapy. Mm. We all need therapy. Mm-hmm. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Hi, I'm Kendra James. I'm the executive producer of All It or Leave It. I'm Brian. I'm the regular kind of producer. <laughs> I'm Zuri. I'm the video producer. I don't know what that counts for, but that's what I do. Lateral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I control them both. <laughs> the fates in my hands. <laughs> and we're here to give you some of our favorite moments of the year from Love It or Leave It, both in L.A. and on the road. What's your favorite city to go to this year? Do you guys have a favorite? Is the question my favorite city or the city in which I had the best time? Oh, um, city in which you had the best time or the least worst time. <laughs> I had the best time in New York because that's that's my hometown. Yeah, I my favorite city though, tie between Asheville and Portland. I, I love both those cities, quaint towns. Yeah. yeah, I was adored by the men in Portland. Same. Uh, yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I made that statement publicly, a former guest in Asheville, Tressie McMillan Cottom, she came back to me very quickly and said, "I'm not surprised." And guess what? That was a read. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should take it. I think it's a compliment. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it. it was a read. <laughs> <laughs> so for my favorite segment in 2023, uh, I chose a segment from our Atlanta show, which was our first of hopefully and very likely many, because boy, are there a lot of grievances, um, our first official Love It or Leave It team reunion hosted by the one and only Candy Burris. 
Hi. Thank you for What's being up? here. Oh, there, I'll go here. This is what we do. We just trash all the. This cars. is what we're doing. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, from time to time, we ask this question. I find it's a nice icebreaker. Did you know what this show was when you agreed to it? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. Hell yeah. None of us did either. I established that at the beginning of the show, sir. We discussed this as a group. I created space for that idea. They're here for you. They're not here for me. They're like, they're like, oh, who is this guy? Uh, what is your favorite podcast? What is my favorite uh, candy-coated night? <laughs> Now, what is the number one Housewives moment I should know about as a novice to the franchise? Ooh. Keep it. You could say anything and I'll believe you. Kendra, uh, one of our producers, has been, is just, she had the things that had to be arranged so that she could make sure that she was on this trip. <laughs> the luck that it turned out, oh, there was nothing to do. I had to be there. Yes. Uh, but she's been giving me sort of a crash course. But what do you think? What, what is sort of the moment? Ooh, there are so many crazy moments that have happened on Housewives that are iconic. But I guess for me, maybe, um, I'll drag you in this bitch. <laughs> or, bitch, I'm worldwide. <laughs> now, there have been many, but you have the longevity. What, they say? what, what are you saying? Oh, I'll turn a shade tree into a money tree. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that. Now, how, the Housewives franchises, they've chewed up and spit out a lot of people that couldn't hack it. Yes. But not you. Thank you. How do you survive? How do you stay alive in this world? Ooh, um... You know, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't really know how they pick and choose who they want to stay, right? But I would have to say that um, because I have things going on in my life, so it's always something to show. And um, my, everybody around me doesn't mind me show, you know, showing that part of my life. So meaning... I feel like for you to make it on reality TV, it can't just be about you going back and forth with the women on the show. Like, you have to have something for real happening in your life. So, you know, I own restaurants. My rest, everybody that works there is ready to film. Uh, my family, everybody knows Mama Joyce. My husband Todd, my kids, they all will show, like, they'll be their true, authentic self as well as me. And Don Juan, he's in the back. Um, yeah, everybody in my life, they don't mind being true and authentic. Are there moments, though, where when the cameras are gone, everyone's like, okay, now here's, let me tell you, I was full of shit a few minutes ago. That doesn't happen? No, because they will go in on me on camera. <laughs> like, no, seriously. I remember it 14 seasons ago, my very first time filming, the first day I filmed, my mother had me in tears on camera. The very first time I filmed for the show. And that's when I knew, oh, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> oh, what is this? 
So people were, so it wasn't that people were extra nice. It's as if they were waiting for the cameras to be there so they could tell you what was really going on. No, my family is kind of like that all the time. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That checks out. Uh, So you have a uh, line of sex toys? Yes. Called Bedroom Candy? Yes. I should have brought you a goodie bag. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. What the hell? That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is obviously not your first time at the reality TV rodeo. Also, there should be a reality show set at a rodeo. No one steal that. That's my idea. Uh, But until then, you can EP. Please EP. Okay. (laughs) But until then, there is a roiling pot of tension ready to explode on this very stage. Mm. That's right. It's time for a love it or leave it reunion with our host, Candy Cohen. <laughs> for which I've asked the Love It or Leave It staff to join us for some honesty, healing, and most likely some throwing of very, very soft hands. Please welcome to the stage our incredible producers, Brian and Kendra. Hello, hello, hello. No, no, these now, are, this is, this is I throwing. I just thought about something. You asked me a question as an icebreaker when I first got up here, right? You said, mm-hmm. did I know what I was getting myself into? Well, when I was invited, did you even know who I was? <laughs> so that's a good question. And in I'll this- actually take that one. No. Oh. I did provide him with some episodes to watch. So I'm not for a while? What? No, well, just kidding. No, no. Well, I would say this. I, di- I didn't know about the Housewives world, but I knew about your songwriting, and I knew about the songs, I knew about the music. So now, here's how this work. You have questions for us, and the reunion has begun. There's a lot of things that Kendra, Brian, and I have to work out, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. All right. There's clearly a lot of history here, guys. <laughs> Where is the tension coming from? I don't know, Brian. You want to take that? You have a lot of complaints. Well, he called me a spindly dope like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Don't you love it when he cancels things like right as we've done all the work and we're five minutes away from doing the thing and then he decides he doesn't want to do it? Yeah, like five crooked staff members have been slacking and texting Kendra and I ever since we left for this trip. Like, love it promised to do these five things before he left and then he didn't do them. Will he do them on the road? And now it's our job. All right, Kendra, tell me. I sometimes feel like I'm not respected. Um, Maybe sometimes as an artist. No, I'm sorry. Please continue. I shouldn't finish that sentence. Got it. Okay, Kendra. Tell me, who is Shaniqua? So Shaniqua is our wonderful, amazing director of politics at Crooked Media. I believe her twin sister is actually here tonight. And now, her, it's her identical twin sister. We're both beautiful women. We're both black. We look nothing alike. And yet, last year, I believe... Two years March, ago. Two, two years, years ago. Okay, March 24th. John Lovett did indeed call me Shaniqua as we were leaving a restaurant. Now... I would like to talk about this. I'm, I, I'm glad you raised this. Do you think all black women look alike? <laughs> now, I want to be clear about something. I want to be clear about something. This was not a situation where I confused two people. This, this was a situation where I said the wrong name. 
because I was stoned out of my mind. And I, we were all at a bar together, and I had been in a very long conversation with Shaniqua. And then I left the table, and then we left together. It wasn't that I saw Kendra and thought, that is Shaniqua. I simply said the wrong name. And we decided, we decided later, yeah, I, listen, there's no winning this for me. <laughs> we're cutting this from the show, but the... But, but, I'm in charge of that, we're not. But... but you, we, we, we had a, there was a, soon after, you made a similar. Oh, we've all made similar. But here's the thing. I don't, here's the thing. I don't have a conversation with John Favreau and then call you Fabs. And they call him what? Fabs. Is there any more questions on your card? Or? Sure, Brian. We'll go to the next question. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. So, Brian, tell me, are you an intern or are you just skinny from the stress of this job? That's such a good question. Uh, So, after our head writer, Hallie, started, uh, she was like, hey, Brian, this is crazy. (laughs) I always thought you were an intern. And Lovett, who was not part of that conversation, was just actually casually walking by, didn't make eye contact with either of us, says, he, he doesn't look young, he's just skinny. <laughs> no, I said, I said, he's not an intern, he's not young, he's just super skinny. <laughs> oh, that's better. Who's the jealousy speaking? <laughs> What'd you say? That'll cut. Oh, if you didn't catch it, you don't need to hear it. <laughs> So is this job what drove you to go blind? That is such a good question. Yeah, I would say um, I, I've, I've kind of been like in crisis mode all summer. Uh, <laughs> and that's because of, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm not blaming you. I'm saying you know I'm in crisis mode all summer. And I will say whenever I'm in crisis mode is when you are cruelest to me. Uh, like when, when I'm doing great love, it's like you're, you're smart, you're competent. When I'm doing bad, he's like, you stupid idiot. Here, he's like, here's these five things that I would have done differently that would make you less sad. That is. Did you that say is, that? No, that is a made-up thing. Excuse oh, me. Who, who buys a dog dog off Craigslist? You stupid idiot. I didn't. Call, <laughs> you, I didn't. First of all, I did say who buys a dog off Craigslist because who buys a dog off Craigslist? By the way, for the record, it's a reasonable question to ask because what did that dog do, Brian? He, he bit a man's thumb off, but it. <laughs> that's and that's but real. But it was the man's fault. <laughs> He bought, well, just to be clear about what happened, Brian bought a dog off Craigslist, brought it to Adopted. the... Brought it to the... You didn't adopt a dog from Craigslist. There was no papers. You bought a dog on Craigslist. You brought it to the office for a full week. The first Saturday he was home, bit a man's thumb off. Oh, and so, it was yeah. last Saturday I was at work and I was talking to you when I got the call from my roommate that said I had to come home immediately. <laughs> Because we told him that we weren't comfortable having a strange, untrained, unknown dog that he bought off the internet at our office. Good thing we did, because that very day, bit a man's thumb off. Go ahead and send the bill to love it. Oh, no, no, no. The bill. Oh, I got the bill. That case just settled. It just settled like six months ago. Yeah, it just settled. I settled. (laughs) What do you pay for a lost thumb? A hundred K exactly. Oh, yep. (laughs) Now, I guess you pay well. Now, no, he does not. Um, <laughs> okay, but but my renter's insurance really pays out. That's awesome. By the way, 
We all agree that he's the villain of that story. Thank you. Okay, next question. This is good. I am like super stressed out right now. <laughs> You're in the hot seat. Okay, Brian and Kendra, what did you think of Lovett's new single? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I mean, what do you think of Lovett being newly not single? Well, I didn't know we were allowed to talk about it. What do you two have to say about this new relationship? Oh, I'm just glad I'm not the only one on the team in a stable relationship now. <laughs> oh, wow. She comes for me now. <laughs> it's a reunion, side switch. Have you not watched the show? Yeah. What, what? No, not a single goddamn second. I didn't know who you were either. <laughs> Ryan, this oh is a queen. God. What? Yeah, a now queen. I know. Now that's obvious. Before, Wait, before did the you just sh- throw shade at me because you were mad at her? <laughs> Again, that's it's a shame. Well, if that's the case, I don't even like your blonde hair, okay? So let's go right on. This is going so much better than I thought it would. Brian, how do you feel about Kendra and Lovett incessantly bullying you about not being able to drive a car? I, okay. <laughs> he can barely drive. So I can legally drive. Uh, and I, I actually don't feel that bad about it because I can't drive. Um, I, I totaled my car earlier this summer uh, and Lovett called me a stupid idiot. <laughs> I mean, God, I don't want to. Hold on, hold on a second. Because... This is what? like the fourth accident you've been in. What? This I want, is like the fourth accident. I never. No, okay, so I know you called me a stupid idiot. Didn't say stupid idiot. But but now, Brian. Yes, dear. <laughs> People make mistakes. But what happened after you hit a car so badly that your car was totaled? What did I, you do? I fled the scene. <laughs> oh. And then and then and then and then immediately filed a police report against myself. He did. So just to be clear, which by the way, was the part I thought was stupid. And so just to be clear, Candy, and I'm so glad, again, another example where you find out who the villain is. So, so he crashed in his car, which happens and sucks. And then you drove away and then you turned yourself in, which I think is really nice. Yeah, I'm really nice. Well, you know, that's really why he went stupid. to the police. He didn't go to church. One of what? I, I kept calling the police to turn myself in, and they would not pick up the phone. And so, <laughs> and so it's true. I called like 10 times, and I kept getting voicemail. And I was like, the police has voicemail? Um, and so I filed online. You could but do the, it online. The problem I have with this story is he totaled the car, so he needed a new car to get to work. He went to a dealership. They presented him with a dollar amount for a car, and he accepted that dollar amount. And then Lovett was like, you stupid idiot. Why didn't you bring me to the dealership? And I was like, why would I bring my boss to a car dealership because, on a Saturday? Because I love negotiating. It would have been a great fucking time, and we could have a better deal on that goddamn Elantra. That's why. <laughs> Sticker price. My God. You know it. That is... Very interesting. Okay. (laughs) In our Atlanta finale this year, I was visibly shocked when Bob Whitfield revealed his secret daughter at his granddaughter's sip and see. Lovett and Brian, you two, 
You have a similar problem with Kendra, so much so that you keep a list of dropped facts. Mm. What's the weirdest thing she's revealed about herself this season? So just so everyone understands, we have an internal Google document where everyone puts in Kendra facts. These are things we've learned about Kendra. They include the fact that she has a uh, collection of Revolutionary War muskets. Uh, yeah, correct. Uh, that, I do. That she will not watch a dating show in which Americans date each other. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to watch a dating show if she's not going to learn about another culture. Correct. Uh, I love 90 Day Fiance, and I am not ashamed. Yeah, um, I would say my favorite Kendra fact is adjacent to that, and when she, <laughs> as she was explaining why her mom has to watch after her snake... Um, there's also a snake. Yeah, there's also a snake. A man, we were also in Austin, a man is walking up the street and he's like, want to see all my ferrets? And, and Lovett and I were like, no, we fucking don't. And Kendra was like, ooh, ferrets. And, and, I and did, there was a picture of me like, cuddling three ferrets. ferrets. I love, an- I'm an animal lover. Yeah, but not good, nice animals, ferrets and snakes. Yeah, they're very easy to care for. I like an animal that I don't like have to do a lot for. Candy, we, we should do one last question. Okay. Because, man, you've been a great host. You got, you got to some depth with us. Well, thank you. You got, you got into it. You have the training. You have the skill. You thank have you. the background. And it's so clear. Well, it's so awesome. Maybe it just rubbed off of me because I'm next to you. Wow. You see, I, remember, how, remember how much we both don't like Brian? <laughs> Brian came for me first, okay? Don't start none, won't be none. To clear the air and to move beyond this in the spirit of healing, now that we've had this conversation, of which we will never speak again. Do not get this water on this woman's hair. No, no, no. That's right. All right. Hold on. One. It's wine, not water, right, Kendra? One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) This is almost like the whiz. It's like the water. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Are you like me and tracking the polls obsessively this election year? Well, Dan Pfeiffer's right there with you, and he's taking them seriously, but not literally. Take an average of the polls. 
Don't forget about any one poll. And the thing that we try to tell everyone in every episode of this podcast is a poll that has Biden up to and a poll that has Biden down to, they all tell you the exact same thing, which is this is a very, very close race. The goal of this podcast is to help people understand polling and freak out about it just a little bit less. Explore the latest polls, what they actually mean, and whether or not it's time to hit the panic button. Tune into Polar Coaster with Dan Pfeiffer, Cricket's latest subscriber-exclusive show. To get access, subscribe to our Friends of the Pod community only at cricket.com slash friends. Yeah, uh, uh, this is my pick uh, for my favorite segment of the year. It's not my favorite. It's one of my favorites. Uh, uh, as I said, I love Portland. As I, I love the city of Portland. Uh, and I, I, I love that um, freaks make the show and freaks listen to the show. And yeah. I think this is the best example of that. <laughs> Uh, people are into weird, weird, non-sexual kinky shit, uh, <laughs> as, as this, uh, segment shows. And I, I like, uh, people who are enthusiasts, uh, for niche, weird things like traffic cones. And yet he makes fun of me for my love of ferrets. Um, uh, oh, it's a love? I would, I would have, I was going to call it a fondness, but if it's, if it's love, <laughs> if it's love, then it's I'll legitimize it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> It's time we open the floor to a segment we're calling Keep Portlanders Weird. And before you ask, yes, we're creative and we love a theme. Here's how this is going to work. Brian is out there. Now. Now. Guys, give it up for Brian. First of all, it's lovely to see all of you at this sold-out show. Now... Here's how this is going to work. Take a moment and think. How weird am I? This is a room with hundreds of people. And I want you to search your soul. And I want you to think, is it possible I'm the weirdest person in this room? I, it's not weird that you love your dog. It's not weird that you stay up late. I want to freak. All right? Now, now that you've searched your soul, I want you to raise your hand if you believe you might be the wow so fast. <laughs> Holy shit. I want you to raise your hand if you think you're the weirdest person in this room. Now, I also want you to keep in mind that this is a podcast that is actually extremely popular. <laughs> and so I would like you not to be confessing to a crime. Crime isn't weird, crime is cool. So this is about being weird. We are gonna find, ideally, five. You gotta keep it tight. And then we are gonna rank you and find the weirdest person in this room, okay? Who thinks they've got a shot at this? Wow. Let's go, let's go to this person. Hi, in one sentence, what makes you weird? When I was younger, my dad worked for the zoo and he would bring home dead animals and I would keep them in formaldehyde. All right. Can anyone beat that? That woman can beat it. Her hand went up so fast. You're fucked. Let's put formaldehyde up. Well, now you sound like a killer. We actually didn't think that, but now we do. Uh, when I was in fourth grade, a farmer told me he was going to slaughter all the ponies. So I stole one, took it home, fed it peanut butter and jelly, and let about 200 go free. That's cool. That's cool. All right. 
Um, just gonna rank in real time. No, let's go back to that woman behind you because she, she was so gung-ho. Ma'am, you were ready. I, I can't be that. You can't? <laughs> Thank you for admitting it. That does mean you're not. If you don't believe, you have to believe you're weird. This is pretty upsetting, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right now we live in a world where we're all cool and we didn't, and we didn't hear it. In about 30 seconds, we may have all heard it. Do you want to live in that world? You can decide no and pass the mic back, sincerely, right now. If you guys will let me leave the theater at the end of this without... Now we need to hear it, let's go. That's a fucking weird, okay. But just so we know where we're at, right now, I have to say, formaldehyde is beating ponies because if the animals are dead, it's weirder. You're up. I think Mike Johnson is pretty hot. Okay. <laughs> Moving up the leaderboard. Let's get two more. Can you beat any of those three? Again, we have someone who is, um, uh, I guess, in case, uh, preserving dead zoo animals, stealing and feeding ponies. Hundreds of ponies. Hundreds of ponies. Where does that happen? Portland. Portland. I haven't seen a single pony. And we have uh, finding Mike Johnson hot. By the way, I like that it's only women participating. <laughs> you fucking boring ass Portland beta cuck men. <laughs> fucking soft ass flannel hiking fleece boys. <laughs> I'm sorry, who has the mic and how can we help you? Hi. Hello. Um, starting in my uh, early 20s, I began a long-running um, street cone klepto phase to the point to where, like, my boss at my job supported my fucking habit, and I had a massive collection of cones. People at my work started giving me, like, ornaments. And then, like, two weeks ago, my other half just shows up with a miniature fucking cone out of nowhere because it was just a thing. I once stopped on a date driving around town, screeched my tires, picked up a fucking cone, stuck it in my trunk. That was the only date we ever went on. It's an, okay, here's the thing, here's the thing. It's an art because nobody wants to be fucking up anybody's construction sites or safety issues, so you look for the orphan cone and you get the orphan fucking cone. The cone thing is going up. The cone thing's going up. That, I have to say, that is, you know why? Because it's for, it's for, because it's lifelong. Because it's ongoing. Because it's a, it's an unquenchable habit. It's, it's almost, it does feel vaguely sexual. <laughs> I've never, I've never sat on any of them. The last one that I had, I said never. But. Young man. But. But, but, and that's what you do it with, but, but. I, I do feel like the, like, the psychic veil between you and fucking one of these cones 
It's Gossamer. The irony. You can see. Through, you can see through it. The irony is you haven't I, pierced I it, hate but you can the see color through orange. it. I hate the color orange. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what this is about. But you the hate last, orange. The last, Give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what when people hate something, they screech their car to a stop and bring it close. Lenny hated the rabbits. Lenny hated those little cute rabbits too. I get it. I'm not indifferent to them. Come I on. get it. The last, on. the last one I stole, I left in my old Nissan Sentra that I recently salvaged, and so somewhere salvage yard has my last like pet cone. Absolute stone cold, fucking freak. There is a person here who, who basically had dead animals as pets. And that person is not as weird as you. Take this fucking mic back. You're weirder than them. That's amazing. Does anybody want to take a shot at beating that? I, her hand went up. Her hand went up. I can tell you which animal. No. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. One moment. What's the biggest animal that you put in... Yuck. I'm sorry I asked. Your position is unchanged. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I live downtown, and um, sometimes when I'm walking down the street, I will see people um, with their dick out peeing. I've seen people take shits on the ground, um, just do the most heinous things ever. When I see these things, I do not divert my eyes. A poet must never divert their eyes. I stare right at them purposely. I can't stop doing it. I have to look. I have to make eye contact. I have to look. I have to watch the shit come out of their ass. I have to watch them piss. And I don't know why, but I have to do it. It's, it's an intrusive behavior. I can't stop it. Fucking yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. You, that is, you know what's beautiful about that? You know what's beautiful about that? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's beautiful about that. It's so small. <laughs> this woman was stealing dead creatures from a zoo. This person has been stealing construction equipment for two decades. Someone out there released a Roman centurion's worth of horses. And you are the weirdest person here. Oh, thank you. With a glance. Thank you. Thank you. These are our final rankings. In five, it is it's Dad's Zoo Formaldehyde. In position four, Mike Johnson is hot. In three, it's Stolen Ponies. And in number two, it's Street Cone Klepto. And in number one, number one, Intrusive Street Piss Watcher. You are keeping Portland weird. And we all thank you for it. Okay. Uh, my name is Zuri. I'm the video producer. Uh, my moment is the rant wheel with Liz Winstead, Miss Pat, Kara Swisher, and Gretchen Carlson. Um, we had Miss Pat on twice this year, I think. And um, I think she has a cool energy where she knows what we do, but she always does what she does. And I think she makes the show better for that. Also, I don't know. Maybe, Brian, you can tell us how we got Gretchen Carlson on the show. I think that's 
Uh, Gretchen just, Carlson was came, on a press tour. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. She okay. came to us. Yeah, she came to us. <laughs> well, that makes sense. The Lion's Den. Yeah. Um, I like this because uh, it was the only rant wheel that got sort of combative, I think, between Lovett and a guest. Or, or just, you know, they sort of challenged each other um, on sort of uh, party norms. Um, and I don't know. It's fun having three great comedians on a show. And I think it's indicative of sort of the wild card booking. That makes the show cool. Yeah, I like I like that all three of them both all 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 four of them actually all thought they were the smartest, yeah. funniest, <laughs> most powerful, yeah. most influential person on the stage. Yeah, yeah. I think that's always good. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a lot of great topics on the wheel. Let's spin it. <laughs> it has landed on Scott Adams, which I believe was suggested by Kara. Oh, I was. Yeah. All right, Scott Adams. You want me to do a rant on Scott Adams? Yeah, that's the segment. Scott Scott Adams is a racist. Dilbert was very smart, a smart comic. He's obviously a smart person. You don't have to like it, but you can acknowledge it's a successful product he created. Yeah, Dilbert, it's good IP. It's fine. But one of my things I ranted on on Pivot this week is he has taken what is something that is interesting and has curdled himself in such a way and so intentionally, so intentionally trying to create division and anger, wearing Kanye shirts or anti-vax stuff. He's purposely trying to divide for no good reason except his own entertainment and rage. And I don't know if it's real or if it's intentional or whatever, but him being left behind by all these newspapers is precisely what he asked for and is his fault and what he deserves for what's happening here. And for him to play victim, which, of course, he's doing now, I'll never make money. He's rich as fuck, by the way. Um, and he says, I'm never going to make money. I've been canceled. He's not been canceled. He canceled himself. He deserves every single bit that he's gotten. And the things he said have been hateful, divisive. And I don't even understand why someone would do this in this culture, given how partisan we are, to create such division. And I don't know what to say about people like this, but there's far too many of them on the Internet and everywhere else in our lives. So there's my rant. Sound like I need to go find out who Scott Adams is. <laughs> Miss Pat? <laughs> Miss Pat, he's I a racist. I don't follow that shit. It I got other well, shit to do. Yeah. Listen, listen. You know, you really missed a giant Dilbert phenomenon. I, for one, really just Dilbert. Here's the thing. We're, look, obviously, all right, we're Pete. all rabid Dilbert fans. We all remember when we would race home, race to the mailbox to see the latest Dilbert. Let's spin it again. Uh, it has landed on cancel culture does not exist. Liz, take it away. I just feel like everyone complaining about cancel culture is amplified and on a national television show or a Netflix special. J.K. Rowling is not canceled. She has more money than the fucking British royal family. If you have that much money, you can't be canceled. More are you just pissed off that you've decided to take a turn with your comedy or whatever and you've developed a new audience that sucks? I kind of feel like that's just really it. If you're still selling out Madison Square Garden, you're not canceled. You just have a lower quality of people coming to see you. Not my problem. Maybe yours. 
it is a sort of I want to be free to say this thing that I know bothers you, but I want you to say you still love me. Yes. That's sort of what the J.K. Rowling energy is. It's similar to the Dilbert thing, yeah. which is this idea that like, hi, I'm sorry. I am used to the idea that my respect is assumed, not earned. And I'm really not interested in earning your respect. And that is deeply frustrating to me. Right. I mean, I think one of the things about cancel culture is people who are canceled never shut the fuck up <laughs> about it. Yes. I agree with you because they canceled my chase card and I'm pissed the fuck <laughs> off. Never gonna shut up. Turn my shit back on. I'm so, gonna pay you when I get it. You turn it back on. Such an important point. Let's spin it again. It has landed on LastPass. This is my topic. LastPass is a password manager. In August, LastPass announced that a hacker had managed to steal company source code but denied any user information had been exposed. In December, LastPass admitted that the hack was much worse than they acknowledged at the time and that the user's encrypted and cryptographically hashed password had absolutely been compromised. Now on Monday, LastPass revealed that the same hacker was able to hack into an employee's home computer and get to an encrypted corporate vault that only four LastPass engineers had access to. Among other very important things in the vault, a shared cloud storage system that held the encryption keys for customer vault backups. Hey, LastPass. What are you doing, buddy? You're the last line of defense. I've been walking around telling people to use a password manager for years because they're awesome. They're super secure. You only have to remember one thing. They're automatically loaded into your computer. Mission Impossible figured this out in 1996. Your most sensitive information has to be on one computer in a room where the floor is lava. That's what Mission Impossible in 1996 was all about. <laughs> the floor is lava. And people don't talk about it that way because what Tom Hanks did, Tom Cruise did, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise did it. Tom Hanks does not do that kind of thing. No. That's not the energy he brings. He knows where his strengths are, as does Tom Cruise. The point is, Mission Impossible should have been called Mission Impossible colon the floor is lava. It's the best example of the floor is lava. But the point is a lot has happened since 1996, but that hasn't changed. You're not allowed to have the most sensitive stuff accessible from someone's home computer. I know we're all going hybrid and the pandemic changed everything, but the guy with the super secret vault has to be at the office. So the only way you can hack into that computer is you got to put a little bit of poison in their lunch. So they start a pukey pukey. And then you have Jean Renault in the fucking vents with a mouse because there's also a sound thing. <laughs> the point is, last pass, I trusted you. You know what, John? You should use one pass. I'm going to, one password, right? Yeah, one I gotta, password. You know, but the fucking infrastructure, I got to switch to get away from these yeah. last pass people that just left the barn door wide the fuck open. I think Scott Adams had racist last pass codes. <laughs> that's Five really, really racist words. Yeah, that's, that's probably right. That's probably right. Which is another bummer about Dilbert, the thing that means so much to all of us. His tie is bent from sitting. It's super important. If Dilbert was part of your LastPass, change that shit. Change it. I'm so glad I don't know what LastPass is. Or Dilbert. <laughs> or Dildo. Let's spin it again.
It has landed on Gretchen's rant, which is... There should be a financed independent party uh, in America. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sitting back. Yes. I'll be quiet. Tell me why. Okay, you're no, sitting back. I'm, tell me why. And I'm, I'm going to explain to you Please why. Please do. Because 43% of all Americans identify as independent. And they have no fucking where to go. Because they don't like the right and they don't like the far left. And they sometimes see compromise, which, by the way, has become the ugly C word on Capitol Hill. Do you remember in the good old days where we actually got shit done? Well, we passed the CHIPS Act. We passed the infrastructure bill. Those were both bipartisan. I actually passed two bipartisan bills last year myself. That's four. That's right. However. What's the C word? That is compromise. Oh, I thought you said Yeah, the other one. (laughs) I was thinking. I was thinking it, Miss Pat. You know, I was a con Dilbert. I was thinking that word, too. I am not the comedian, but that's why I said it. Okay. All right. Thank you. I just want to make sure I follow your story. You're you're following me. Yeah. She can't say that word. She was Miss America once. Oh, God. You was Miss America? Let's not go there. Yes, I'll tell you later. Okay, finish your rant. Let's not go there. Well, your crown is gone. You can say it. Yeah. Can't. I, as I told you, my life has worked in mysterious ways. So that that's for back for the green room. No, come on, we but, need a purple party. Okay. Let's hear about yes, it. Yes, purple party. No, I'm not saying the purple party. I'm, I'm, I don't care what we call it. Okay. But there's a huge swath of Americans who feel like they have no voice. I'm being totally serious right now. And the thing is, there's no money behind the independent party. So nobody can win. Anyone who's won as an independent candidate has already been a candidate as a Republican or a Democrat, right? Because they're a name commodity, so people know them, so they say, oh, I'm suddenly an independent, so now they win. For somebody like myself who might want to get into politics, and I don't want to be in either party, because I actually might want to find compromise, I have no money behind me to run for office. Do you think Joe Biden has want to compromise? He just did an event with Mitch McConnell about a bridge opening in Kentucky. Here's my here's why I'm pushing on this. My sincerely view no, of this is that when people call for the money behind him will not allow him to do that. That's what I'm trying what? to tell you. Will not allow him to compromise to the degree but where we did. actually yes. And like I said, I've gotten compromise done as well, but not to the degree that we need to get it done to keep this country functioning. Well, so yeah. so let's put money behind an independent party so we can get shit done and actually people. People who want, 43% of Americans agree with me, but there's no money behind it. And the problem is, our American politics have turned into money. That is the problem. Do you want a better country? Yes. (laughs) I do. Well, I just, Gretchen, I do. I appreciate that, but I'll tell you what my my view of this is, and this is my problem with Andrew Yang, which I've also told him face-to-face in a conversation that went okay. Told who? Uh, Yeah. And what? Andrew Yang, who did doing the forward party. But no, but I think sometimes what, when people... It's just a weird party. It has to be the right messenger, by the way. For sure it has to be the right messenger. But what my issue is, I think sometimes... Yeah. (laughs) But they're not open on Sundays. Uh, That sometimes when people say what they want is a third party, sometimes what it feels like what they want is a center-left politician who isn't attacked by the right. In other words, someone who will pursue the policies of what a moderate Democrat would pursue without all the pesky politics that makes them seem bad to a big chunk of the country. The problem is anyone who might get within you know, a stone's throw of having that kind of power will ultimately unleash the kind of attacks that make someone unpalatable, even if they end up having the same politics as Joe Biden or any but, other kind of but, center-left but you're, Democrat. You're, you're getting to the point of past the primaries. My point is... 
that because we have a primary system, if I'm an independent registered voter, I can't vote in the primaries. This is how we get the fringe people elected. But we didn't get the fringe people. We had Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. We had yes, a center left Democrat that versus a right wing well, autocrat. Joe Biden being elected was a miraculous outcome. OK, no. because See, yes, it was. OK, man, it was, was up he against was never the expected devil. to win. <laughs> Okay. Who do you hey. think the radicals on the left are? I'm just curious what you when you say both sides. I'm just curious what that looks like for you. There are fringe people on both parties. Listen, most people would agree that the people in the center, which is moderate on both sides, have nowhere to go anymore. You I'm do just have somewhere back. to go. Come on over here with us, Gresham. I am over here with you. <laughs> That's I am. The problem. Y'all keep trying to create shit we don't need. If you don't like them, just I'm come try- on over here with I'm us. I'm trying to and- get shit done. Yeah, That's the difference. You ain't going to have- never get shit done because these I white have. men ain't going to let us divide. So come on over here with us and eat some collard green, girl. I- Very nice. Gretchen. I love collard greens. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful invitation. That's a wonderful invitation. I and think I you should have. take it. And I you have gotten it done. <laughs> I- I- which have, is why absolutely. I'm promoting doing more of it. I'm with, I'm with Liz, country over party. Yes. I think that there is a big desire on the part of a lot of people for something that doesn't feel like it's part of this divisive, horrible, cruel system. But my honest feeling about it is that what makes right now the driving force of what makes our politics so vicious, so cutthroat is actually – I'm not saying there aren't figures on the left that aren't horrible. But for the most part, what ends up happening is – even center-left Democratic figures are painted with this horrible brush by a vast right-wing media ecosystem. And so my view of this is there's no way to get out of this without attacking the real cause of this polarization, which is in some part coming from the left, but in large part coming from the right. I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm saying that there is a huge swath of Americans that want to find compromise. And what I would say is the best way to build a politics that's less divisive, is to figure out a way to convince those Americans to support center and center-left Democrats, because okay. that is where I think the answer will I'm with you, and I'm also glad that you pronounced divisive divisive. And, oh, Car- and, and, right. and Kara, you did too. Did I? I like to say it that way. Yeah. I'm educated that way. Let's spin it one more time. Thank okay. you. Spin. Applaud, Gretchen. Thank you. Oh, yes. It has landed on whatever the fuck Miss Pat wants to rant about. My rent is not going to be about no damn politics, okay? My rent is about the cost of eggs. I went in the store the other day. And the last time I went shopping, it was $1.99 for 12 It was $7. What the hell is going on with eggs? Is chickens going to the hospital and pushing these bitches out? Because I want to know why eggs are $7 for a fucking dozen. I mean, at this point, we're going to have to eat the shell, Gresham. I mean, we're going to have to if we keep this up. Or else I'm going to have to to lay some damn eggs. Because I'm 50 and I'll still be popping eggs, but they don't develop into nothing. Be careful what state you're going to lay your eggs in. Well, I've had a few abortions. This is my vagina. If I want to stick firecrackers in it, set this bitch on fire. Nobody. Let me tell you something. Nobody tells me what to do with my pussy. Nobody helped me lift my stomach up to shave it. So I got control of where I lay my eggs at. Miss Pat is the third party candidate. Nice. Well, thank God they don't hatch anymore. (laughs) 
I like the don't fuck with my pussy party. Can that be the third party? Yeah. yeah Gretchen's in. Gretchen's in. We can all in. agree on that. That's the rail wheel. So, uh, Malcolm here. I'm back. Uh, I just wanted to... Nobody cares. Oh, my God. I just wanted to... Uh, say thank you guys uh, for listening and for supporting us. Uh, for you're these. welcome. Yeah, and Anytime. yeah, of course. Yeah. And also thank you to the audience. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for listening. And uh, just to close it off, I wanted to end with a really nice moment from this year. In February, we had one of my favorite actors, Lance Reddick, on, uh, and this was shortly before he passed. I think he died two or three weeks right after that, and. I remember when he was on, he just really tied together a pretty manic segment mm. in, like, such a genuine and authentic and real and sweet way. Uh, and it, it's a clip I regularly play back. It's just, um, well, I guess no further ado. Here's Lance Reddick's um, plea to the aliens to save humanity. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> God bless. Okay, thanks. So let me start with the dogs. How many people here follow me on social media? Okay, three people. <laughs> but, <laughs> so you know, I post a lot of dog videos. So, if you're going to hire somebody to be Perry Mason, it wouldn't be me. Because the past several years, I have lost a lot of faith in humanity. And I've wondered if we deserve to be here. Over and over and over again, I'll see the greatest amounts of kindness, the greatest amounts of thoughtfulness, the greatest amounts of patience. And I'll think, maybe, maybe there's something to this, like... You know, good and evil is always fighting, and it's just going to be that way. So here's what I think. I think the aliens should give the whole planet two months. <laughs> and watch. I don't know. But, I mean, if they've got the technology to fly light years, they've got the technology to monitor every single one of us. And just see who has the capacity for kindness every single day and who doesn't. And who has the capacity for kindness... Keep them. Who doesn't? Fuck them. Love it. And barring that, save my wife because she's the sweetest woman in the world. Save my son and my daughter because my daughter's a nurse and my son's a paramedic and they save lives. And save my dogs because I had to say that out loud because I got to go home with my wife tonight. That's it. That's it. Thanks to everyone who listens to this nonsense and also What a Weekday and everyone who came to an L.A. show or a tour show. We're going to bed. There's 317 days until the 2024 election. See you slots next year. If you're already doom scrolling, don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find Love It or Leave It on YouTube for access to your favorite segments and other exclusive content. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Finally, you can join our Friends of the Pod subscription community for ad-free episodes, exclusive content, and a great discussion on Discord. Plus, it's a great way to get involved with Vote Save America, so sign up today at crooked.com slash friends. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our executive producer. Brian Semmel is our producer. And Malcolm Whitfield is our associate producer. Hallie Keeper is our head writer. Sarah Lazarus, Jocelyn Coffin, Peter Miller, Alan Pierre, Will Miles, and Mohanad Al-Sheikhi are our writers. Evan Sutton is our editor. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis provide audio support. On the road, Vendelin von Schroeder is our tour manager. Stephen Cologne is our audio engineer. And Milo Kim is our videographer. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Bernardo 
Serna for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and to our digital producers, Zuri Irvin, David Tolls, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroote for filming and editing video each week so you can. Love it,